Thank you for tuning into More Than a Felon. I'm your host, Ladell Hayes, T26179, the ex-felon. After serving a prison sentence of 11 and a half years, I was able to get back into society and founded my very own nonprofit organization called Operation Flame. However, society is not always the most forgiving when inmates are being reintroduced after serving prison time. Here are more than a felon, we will conduct live interviews with ex-felons who have found success within their community and are striving to change the lives of others. Join us every week where you can experience real topics from ex-felons as well as real-time phone calls with currently incarcerated inmates to get their opinion on how we can reduce the spread of incarceration. Ex-felons in society have paid their debts to the rights for freedom, but many are challenged to change the way we are viewed by public perception. For more information regarding matters such as these, please feel free to visit our website at operationflame.com. I get it. I get it. Now, let me ask you this question. While, while you were incarcerated, what was your turning point? Turning point? Well, let's see. I want to say there's a multiple of things, and I'm going to try to keep it brief because I know our time is of essence there. But it was a couple of things that kind of intertwined with each other to, to make that turning point. And one of them I can remember is I think you were around that same time, too. There was that law that was supposed to take place where, remember when I was talking about, uh, if you got 85%, you go go down to 65%. If you got 80, you're going down to 60. And yeah. there was supposed to be some law or something on the ballot that was supposed to take place. And come to find out, I guess it, it went on the ballot, but it got shot down. And then that next day, folks on the yard, everybody else was, was quiet like sad and all that other kind of stuff. For me, I didn't take heed to it too much until I was watching a show on PBS. And it was something about, first, before that, it was during March Madness too. I realized uh, I was watching, I think I was watching USC play. They made it to like the Elite Eight or something like that. And then they lost. But that's the school I was actually going to try to walk on. Uh, I had an opportunity. I blew it. That's what, you know, that messed my chances up for that. And I always kept thinking like, man, I just need one more shot again, man. One more opportunity. I'm going to get out early. You know what I'm saying? I watched March Madness. And with that, it lost showed down. And then watching that March Madness and realizing, I ain't, I ain't going to get out early, man. I got to do that full term. So that came about. And then watching this PBS little series, it was about different foster kids in the foster program, foster care system, excuse me. And so they were in different placements and they were just showing different segments of like different stories about them and their, their struggles and in the foster care system and all that stuff them trying to get back with their parents like one of them was on drugs the other one just didn't show any interest and i forget what the other one was all about but it, it was all sad and at the same time i realized okay i know i ain't getting out what can, what else can i do i, I playing ball that's that's trying to play professional all that stuff that's a wrap no none for me no more what else can i do so i thought about at that point I want to be a child care worker. And that was a turning point there to, to start getting educated more, to in, involve myself into giving back and helping in a sense. But then as time progressed, like maybe within those, within that year, I think it was like 2000, yeah, about 2007, I think, or whatever the case. And then someone was telling me like, because I have a background, I can't work with kids. 
or something like that. And even though my crime was robbery, I was like, well, you got no sexual offense or anything like that. No, it's because of uh, you having a felony, you can't work around, can't be a social worker and be working around with kids. So I, I still don't know how true this is today. So I just took it for face value and it might be. It's true. Oh, okay, well, th- there it is. So, <laughs> so I just thought, hey, what else can I do next? And, and, and so I was kind of stuck a little bit in a brother at, I was at Donovan at the time. And so a brother from Compton, and he was, uh, he told me, man, hey, man, you ever thought about fighting fires? I'm like, fighting fires? <laughs> that even exist? It's real? He's like, yeah, man, fire camp. I'm like, uh, okay, how does one go to fire camp? He's like, nah, I mean, you got to talk to your counselor. You got five years or less. I was like, okay, well, I'm, a, I'm almost close to getting the five-year mark. Then I forget what that process called when every year you get your points reduced down. Classific- the classific- yeah, I was supposed to go to classification anyway in the next like couple of months. And so I tried, so I just talked with him more. I was like, so, hey, what do you do in camp? Like, how do you, like, what's the, he told me the whole process of it. I was like, oh, I'm interested. And I talked to my counselor and she was like, yeah, we could, when you go to classification, we'll try to get you set up for that. Cool. And so that was about two and a half months before that occurred. So me and me and him, man, we worked out, man. We 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 worked out hard. He got me to the point where when I went to Jamestown itself, which is basically the fire fire grounds or fire training program or center where guys go to when they want to go to fire camp, they go to that to get the physical training and then you go to the or PFT. And then you go to FF, FFT, you know what I'm saying? So FFT is the basically when you finish PFT, you go to the program for uh, where the captains train you and you go hike in. First, you get some in-class training. And then afterwards, a week later, you get the actual physical hiking and wearing boots and all that stuff and using and cutting line and understanding the tools and using your fire shelter, things of that nature. Yeah, that's that's pretty much how that turning point came about. It all came into different spectrums to make that happen. And eventually, while working out with him, getting that mindset and then the law of attraction too, just visualized myself. I don't know what fire camp looks like, but I just kept watching a lot of fire shows and thought that might be the what camp might be like. And so soon enough, I went to uh, classification. And this is what really set it in stone for me was when I told him I wanted to go to fire camp. And the captain, the, the correctional captain, he explained to me like, hey, you know what? You, you really want to go to fire camp? I was like, yes, I do. He's like, you know what? You better be ready because it's hard work. Those guys, they work their butts off. They put in the work. They're working. When they're on fires, they're literally working 24 hours a day. And so you can't be lazy for this assignment or this task that you're going to embark on. Okay, that's fine. I'm ready for it. He says, I wish you luck. And so be it. He was a a lieutenant for a camp. I don't know which one, but, and wished me well. And from there on out, went to camp and, or excuse me, went to Jamestown and excelled from there. So that's, that was that turning point. So to answer your question there, those different things to, to get me to that turning point to get into fire. So. Yeah, that's good. But then I think and that's a good thing that someone mentioned that fire camp to you. If not, you might not have found out right then and there. Uh, but nope. fire camp has been a savior for a lot of individuals. Now, let me ask you this while we're still on the subject of, of firefighters. Yes. Uh, what is your ultimate goal as a firefighter? Well, let's see. At this point right now, the, the goal now is to 
eventually, because I do logistics and I'm not as much in the field, I'm in the field, but I'm doing more of, you know, support role, is to get back into the fire suppression aspect. So now, meaning that I'll go waiting for the exam for the engineer and I want to go that route and then work my way up to being a captain. I thought about either being a crew captain, running a, a crew. Primarily, I would love to work back at Weathers Prado or any other conservation camp and be a captain and then give back and inspire others and things of that nature. I've met a few during my time that have done that same thing. Or Orange got out, got that opportunity that back then it was where work for CDF and worked their way up the ranks and became captains. They ran crews and that inspired me. So I would like to do the same thing as well and run that, do that for maybe a couple of years and become a chief, a fire chief of some sort. So that's, those are my primary or my goals for the next five to 10 years from now. Yeah, that's good. It sounds like you want to give back. You want to go back to where you started from and give out the same, the same level, level of motivation and let people know you know that if I can do it, you can do it type of attitude. And that's what we need out here in society that some people that have been there that have made a story of success for themselves and out of themselves. Right. So not just take it and run with it and just forget where you come from that was behind me, but to ultimately lead look back we're not supposed to look back <laughs> right <laughs> that's what they say right but in a way it's okay to look back once you want to mm-hmm. give something back right and that's one of the one that me personally that was one of the most precious things that i could have done with my the little career i had in firefighting was to literally give back to somebody that was up and coming or mm-hmm. came home from a fire camp and wanted to try to get on as a firefighter, I was able to help several people gain employment. And, and right. that, to me, that was the biggest joy <laughs> that me receiving a paycheck is because I knew that because of what happened to me in my life, I made the best out of a bad situation. And right. I have someone else that's now about to do the same. And I always tell them, you owe me nothing. Each one teach one. That was our model when we were incarcerated. It's kind of like each one teach one. Now, now, let me ask you this. Yes. What advice do you have for people out in society that view ex-felons as either troublemakers or bad people? My advice is to utilize the process of doing, looking at the information of most ex-felons in general. So I like to call it not one size fit all. You can't, you know, put everybody in this one particular class. Ex-felon? Oh, you're back. Not really. It's just someone was charged with maybe manslaughter or murder or something like that, but we don't know the circumstances. What could have happened? Was his life threatened? You, You know, her life threatened or... You just can't say, oh, he's straight out murder. you cold blood? I'm like, well, did you actually read the or look at the transcripts? Or we got to do our research a little bit. Not one size fit all. Not everybody's in that same category. Absolutely. You know? And yeah. so prime example would be, okay, ex-felons. Well, we can bark on that a little bit. Myself, you, Lionel, and maybe a few others that we know, we're all doing well. Yes, we did occur and made a mistake, made a bad judgment in life or whatever the case. Who hasn't made some mistakes? This mistake, well, it cost us to go into incarceration for some years and learn from that and get out and move on. Yes, now there are some, <laughs> and we know <laughs> that whether they've done 
a little bit of time, 16 months, or those that done 30 plus years or whatever the case have still not been reformed yet. And then there's some like us doing multiple years, doing double digits and longer, or doing our ex-lifers that done 20 to 30, maybe 40 years that are reformed. So it's just, you can't, I, I just look at it just wanted to say, hey, you got to see what the person is doing. Yeah, True. I'm an ex-felon myself and I've been out for eight years. And does that still make me bad because I work for the state full-time, permanent, giving back? running a, an inventory of about probably about four to six million dollars worth of inventory probably more than that i don't know i'm just giving a rough estimate and i have a purchase card which is called a cal card and i can spend quite a bit of money on state resources and supplies and things like that at any moment my cal card is pretty big and i'm being very responsible so does that make me up i'm still a bad guy he's horrible you're bad well i'm protecting the state and that's what we want some of the listeners to see right no there's more to it individual being classified as an ex-felon and we would love people to judge people independently not just what one person who may have came home to reoffend what that person may have done because we're all we're like fingerprints no two are the same correct and that's one of the things that i want to exercise now let me ask you this last question here. I know for sure your name is ringing in the fire community. Your name is ringing. Now, do you advocate for ex-felons to get involved in wildland firefighting? And if so, why? <laughs> well, with all these major, these fires that continue to go on in California and the numbers of camps are being shut down now. Our governor wants to, whatever his agenda is or, and his staff and things of that nature, our administration, excuse me, to reduce the numbers and I understand to reduce the recidivism rate and things of that nature. Some of those guys that were going to camp now, they're out. And so with the numbers dwindling, now you're like, okay, how do we make up for that? And I'm just like, well, why don't so some of those guys that would like an opportunity, let's hire them and create a crew and put them to work and utilize the, the tools and the skills, or utilize the skills that they gain in fire camp, put it to good use and help protect the state of California still, earn a, a decent wage for themselves and things of that nature. So that's one way I advocate. And I do that myself, sometimes on my own. And I also work for a nonprofit as well that helps formerly, primarily it's to help, it's all, but they also help formerly incarcerated that were in either a fire camp or the firehouse, the institutional firehouse. And the nonprofit is called the Forestry Fire Recruitment Program, or also known as FFRP. And two gentlemen that created this, Brandon Smith and Royal Ramey, those two came together and uh, they were locked up together and they were in camps. So I'm like, we need to create something like this. And I guess years later, and I eventually was fortunate enough to connect with them as well through a mutual friend. And they advocate to, now they give the training, they go on different, they provide training for you to get your bake, your 40 hour basic, your ICS 100, L180, S190, S212, and various other sorts of basic search that you need to at least get in with the Forest Service. Yeah. And then they try to connect with other colleges and stuff like that. Oh, that's available to help. Hopefully they can get in with to get their Cal Fire Basic. 
But not only they offer that, they offer mentorship, they offer employment resource to help them. Who's hiring? How do I apply? They provide resume workshops. And so, you know, what a great tool that to have. And then also too, they, there's, I got to mention too, there's ARC or excuse me, ARCs, 3Cs, CAL FIRE and the corrections. They perform together to create the Ventura Training Center in Camarillo. So that is that opportunity there as well for those that once they get out of the, the camps, they can go parole straight to there and they call them parolee crew or whatever the case may be. There's that opportunity as well. But I advocate towards that because they, we know that there's some ones that want to make this as a career. Yes. I mean, unfortunately, it took them on incarceration, but, you know, once they put it hard, we'll put the work and the effort now and they got the experience. Let's why not hire them? They're being law abiding citizens. They're not trying to go back and go back into prisons or anything of that nature. Now, now, bar it, we do know a few <laughs> when we were on these cruise, the sandbaggers or the ones that's just barely getting by. Yeah, I'm, I'm not gonna make- yeah you, they barely make the cut on the crew. And let alone, they, you know, all when they get out, oh, I'm going to be a firefighter. I'm like, come on, man. No, nah, you see even that great on a crew. Why you want to be a firefighter yeah. now? I can't vouch for you, man. If you, if you didn't <laughs> put in that work, man, I'm sorry. I can't. I remember you. You got to go do this, this, this. And you do this man. first and you come back and holler at me. But I remember you. And you know what? Right. Out there on that fire line, man, we didn't look at race as trying to bring on our own people. We looked at who was hardworking. Because right. even as an inmate, we're out mm-hmm. there trying to, we didn't get a lot of notoriety and people no. didn't really see inside of what we were actually doing and protecting people's property. But we always looked out for each other. It don't matter what race you were or what your affiliation was. We, some of us went out there and we worked. So if you work in there and I know you worked in there, I'm going to do my best is to know that I can try to help you work out here my operation but there you have it anthony bracy man i'm you know i'm so proud of you man it's like you broke some barriers man you're still doing things never selfish never looking out for yourself and still trying to bring other people in and get other people involved man we're so proud of that man i hope that the listeners are really paying attention to your story and the wonderful things that you're doing and the ability to live in la and had to go 12 hours away just for a job. You gotta, mm-hmm. you gotta leave. I left my son when he was three months old and I was gone for some months. Right. I didn't want to do it, but I had a son. I had to work. Who else will hire us and give us the opportunities that the fire department was giving us coming home from Correct. prison? I had to go. Right. And ever since then, God willing, my family has been okay. But I thank you, man. And ladies and gentlemen, the listeners, This is Anthony Bracey. I'll let him say his last little words and we'll end this. But man, I want to commend you, man. You've done ultimate things in society. You know, the community, man, but we love what you do. You're out there, man, and making sure that everybody out there have all the supplies that they need. Without those supplies, man, there will be a lot of trouble. Appreciate you. As they would would say, man, without logistics, man, you you ain't got nothing. Yeah, man. Thank you for having me uh, part of your show, man. Part of your podcast, man. It's, it's, it's truly an honor, man. And I thank you for bringing me on board. 
I'm glad to be able to not just share my story, but hopefully let listeners know that there's the term ex-felon and it's all bad. No, not necessarily. And then for me too, as well, I love to, my main thing, like giving back. I love to, I love to see people win and succeed. I don't have to, hey, I need hook me. I'll hook you up, man, but you got to pay me. So I don't need all that. Like you mentioned earlier, we don't need to get paid for that. I don't, all I care about is seeing the next person move up or, or get their foot in the door and then go back. And then like you were saying, I was just telling a gentleman earlier, hey, when you get your foot in the door and uh, when you do, I want you to give back. This is what happened to me. And then I, I passed along to this other gentleman who got his foot in the door. And now he's thriving well in the 3C program. And he now is helping this other gentleman get in. And because his birthday is coming up shortly. And if you don't get in by the age of 26, it's a wrap. And his birthday is coming up, uh, I think, within nine days. And he's trying to help expedite that process so he can get in and then thrive in the 3C program still. And so, and, but that's all about giving back. So I gave back to someone. He now has thrived. He's giving back and it's going to help that person. And I told that person, once your foot is in the door, give back. You yeah. Know? And we can continue to trend with one at a time. We Ooh. can reduce this recidivism rate and increase public safety. Mm-hmm. That's it. <laughs> well, all right, man. We, we thank you, Anthony. We thank yes, you for sir. Time and your effort. And this is it. This is Liddell Hayes, more than a felon. We thank the listeners for viewing, for listening in and listening to the, the story and the, the ultimate success that Anthony Bracey has. And we hope that he prosper with his career and his quest to being engineered and followed by a, a captain and then hope he can retire as a battalion chief. <laughs> we thank you, man. And we appreciate you. We thank our listeners for listening and stay tuned. And we'll have some more episodes coming up shortly. All right, now. Thank you. I appreciate you, man. Appreciate you, man. Yes, sir. This is your host again, Adele Hayes, T26179, The Ex-Felon. Thank you for tuning into More Than a Felon, where we will continue to discuss daily issues that affect our communities and highlight the achievements of ex-felons who are now gainfully employed, own their own businesses, or those currently seeking future employment. We appreciate you for listening to the stories of those searching for a second chance in society. Subscribe to our podcast here at More Than a Felon. Join our Facebook group at More Than a Felon and visit our website at operationflame.com for more positive stories such as these you've heard.